Hey guys, welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. We, um, I wish I could think of a, a thing to tie these two things together. It'll, maybe it'll come, but we watched two movies this week. Um, one was Nomadland. That's what it's called, right? I got I really yes. confused myself by calling it Norman earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and by calling it Norman, I mean it autocorrected in my text. Um, okay, we watched Nomad Land on Hulu and then we also watched the Billie Eilish documentary on Apple TV Plus. Is that what that's called? Apple TV Plus? I always forget that too. I also um, do. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone. Um, which is titled Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry. And excited to discuss both of these today. Uh, but first, the Golden Globes happened yesterday, and there was quite a bit of TV news. Jordan, what was your Golden Globes impressions, notes, ta- uh, hot takes? Um... I think, and I I know I'm not alone in thinking this, but I thought it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was um, a hot mess in weird ways, like, just, like, the Zoom stuff wasn't working quite a bit of the time. Um, it just felt kind of sloppy. And especially after there's been, like, weird Hollywood Hollywood foreign press scandals kind of things Mm -hmm. and like especially just in the last week uh it was brought to everyone's attention that there's not a single black member of the hfpa and like just like all these things were piling on and then for it to just kind of be lame was just it felt like worse than it maybe normally would Mm -hmm. but um and i think that what i saw a lot of people saying was that the Golden Globes typically are really, um, like, only likable for the most part because it's, like, fun seeing all these people, like, socializing and eating dinner together at the same tables and, like, getting drunk. And so when you didn't have that, it was just kind of like, why are we even doing this? You know? Like, it was just kind of, like, blah. And That it's totally kind of, makes sense. It's a bummer, too, because I actually think that some of the winners were, it was, like, a very diverse set of winners which was cool Mm -hmm. but I feel like um like that was really great but even that was maybe a little overshadowed or very overshadowed I guess I should say by like the actual drama behind the Golden Globes um and so I don't know I felt really weird about it and hardly cared (laughs) (laughs) that's what I have to say about that (laughs) I mean, I feel the same. I told a friend, a friend asked me if I was watching it and I was like, oh, is that today? Because I felt like there was so much scandal around it that like I completely forgot that it was even still happening and so soon. Um, And I wasn't able to turn it on until it was like halfway through and I was just immediately like, wait, what's happening? Because, like, one of the first um, awards that I saw, like, the person's microphone was muted for, like, half of their speech. And I was like, wait, were these pre-recorded? I was, like, really confused on if the people giving speeches and, like, accepting awards even were able to, like, see what was going on on screen. And so, like, I just felt really confused and... Like, I felt so uncomfortable when Bob Odenkirk was trying to, like, talk to all the nominees in, like, the, like, I was confused if, like, people were having a separate Zoom calls for their categories or if it was, like, one giant Zoom call. Everything was confusing to me and nothing flowed really at all. But I missed the uh, intro, but I will say that Amy looked amazing. I thought she looked great. and that She did. That and Jane Fonda, it was the best part for me. And that's it. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I think everyone looked great. Um, yes. Whether people were, like, 
going the Sudeikis route of wearing their loungewear. <laughs> totally approve. And also the people that went all out as though it was a real red carpet, they also looked great. So yeah, that was something. It wasn't a total waste, I guess, in that regard. But no. yeah, it was just, just like kinda, I, I even saw um some like like media people and critics that were like, "Is this showing us that we don't even really need the Golden Globes? Like this is so dumb." And I I don't know. I wouldn't be super heartbroken to get fully rid of them. Like they're fine, but they don't, like everyone knows they kind of like. They only matter in that they kind of show you maybe how the Oscars will turn out and the Emmys. Did, but it's mm-hmm. like we already had the Emmys too, so that's also strange. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's what I saw interest. Like I saw that they were like, it's just funny that the Emmys went actually pretty well, and so it's weird that now the Golden Globes followed the Emmys, doing a virtual awards show, and had as many errors and mistakes as they did yeah 100 percent agree with that um i think that's part of why like maybe if this had happened earlier last year we would have been more forgiving but like Mm -hmm. we've been through this and we've seen awards shows while maybe there were awkward parts they were pretty seamless yeah and this was like it was like it wasn't hardly rehearsed or something Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really understand why they had to overcomplicate things by having, they made a big deal of like the first ever bi-coastal awards show with like, I didn't half, understand that at all. It was so, it was so weird. Like we don't really need that. So like half in New York, half in LA. And it's like, if people can't fly to one, that's the purpose of zoom. So it's like you had that happening in addition to endless zoom problems and weird things. And like also they were like going way too fast during some nominee readings. And so I, me and my roommate were like, wait, what is this? Very, it was very weird. All around mm-hmm. just felt very strange. Agreed. Retweet. Cosign. <laughs> weird, weird time. Well, I feel like that's, that's that on that. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> um,. Okay, well, one piece of news that I have to share um, is they released the Handmaid's Tale trailer um, for season four. It's premiering on April 28th, and the trailer was really good and has a really great makeout scene between... um, Nick and June and it made me really happy. That is great news for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I did give up on Handmaid's Tale a while ago. But um I can't remember. Is this the last season or did they announce that it's like there's another they did get signed on for at least one more, right? For season I 5. I think so. Yeah, I think there was at least one more. I can't remember though. Wow. Well, tons of shows dropping in the spring. Yes. That's exciting. It makes things like feel like normal, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, one piece of news. I saw that last week they they like announced more things that are going to be on the Paramount Plus streaming service. Yes. And none of them were that tempting to me at all. Like I never watched Frasier. Um I haven't watched Younger yet, but like that these were some of the, like the exciting things they announced and I was kind of like hmm but then the one thing that was getting me excited that was like interesting <laughs> was that um MTV and VH1 properties are going to be on Paramount Plus oh. and so that means and they're reviving one of the greatest shows ever behind the music wow um, and so it's said but also there's they're reviving other things like a new I never watched Road Rules or The Challenge, but they're doing some new seasons of that. They're, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, All Stars, it says. is it, it specifies All Stars, so I don't know if that's only the All Stars ones. I'm not sure. But anyway, I know VH1 does RuPaul's Drag Race, so that's going to be on Paramount+. Plus. Um, there's like, so it just seems like um, if you were a fan of VH1 slash MTV content, which a lot of those things I definitely was... Um, that's you're also forgetting 
an important an important one which is regrets which is gonna have oh, the original I didn't even voice see- cast oh so they're getting nickelodeon stuff too yes oh wow and they like released a little clip of like the new um animation that they're doing for regrets and it's cute Wow. But yeah, they're going to be the home of SpongeBob. Oh so yeah, that's important I think too. I did see that. Um So yeah, it's I um that was the first though this whole that whole grouping was the first thing that got me intrigued at all basically about Paramount Plus. Yeah, I didn't know the MTV thing. So very interesting. I was laughing that last week on our episode we were like, "What is Paramount Plus?" And then I literally, I think it was like two days later, I booked, I saw a tweet that said, that from Variety that said, what is Paramount Plus? And then it <laughs> answered the question that it's a new name for the CBS All Access Viacom CBS's subscription video service, which will feature a buffet of on-demand content and queue of new originals set to arrive in the coming months. So they literally took our question and answered it. Well, you know, when you put something out into the universe, the universe True. replies. So that's great to not have to even wait for an answer to our question. I know. Thank you, Variety. Um, added on to that is that um, most of their new releases will also be uh, um, within like 30 days of theatrical release. They're going to put them online. Um, which I thought was interesting. So Top Gun is one of those, and so is A Quiet Place Part Two. So oh, I think those things that have been supposed to come out for long for like a year now, um, will are slowly going to start coming out. I don't cool. know. We'll see. So they're yeah they're doing the HBO thing, which yeah. I mean, I get why they were angry about it, but I mean. It's helpful for the rest of us, you know? Yeah. And you just have to, if I've learned anything, it's that you have to be willing to evolve to the current mm-hmm. circumstances. Exactly. Okay. One thing that I had is that America Ferreira is going to make a film with Netflix. Um, she's going to be directing it and it's titled, I am not your perfect Mexican daughter. And I'm excited. I really like America Ferrera, and um, I feel like it's been a while since I've, because I never watched Superstore, which I guess maybe one day I will. But um, I think that's exciting. And ever since the days of Gotta Kick It Up, she has a special place in yeah, every millennial's I'm, hearts. <laughs> it's true. Si se puede. Is that how you say I'm it? Ne- yeah it is (laughs) (laughs) i've never watched superstore either but i was actually recently just thinking about that too because that's one other network comedy that everyone says is good but i've never watched and i feel like there's a lot like that that i like i've never watched blackish um i was hearing a lot about because you know how keenan has a new sitcom yes that just barely premiered or something and i was like honestly I, I was hearing the premise and i was like i would watch that but like will i but maybe i should give more of these network shows a chance because people say they're really good mm-hmm. and um, i feel like network tv has also kind of had to evolve and i mean hopefully i guess i don't really know yeah. but yeah no it's true and obviously like back in the heyday of our uh lifetimes of network comedy it's like the office 30 rock parks and rec like those were all network shows and they were amazing Mm -hmm. so yeah i've i've actually been thinking about that as well so give network tv a chance interesting yeah um this is not about network tv this is another streaming thing (laughs) i'm like (laughs) none of the news will be about i i'll get i'll get there (laughs) to network tv eventually i guess it's a a process it is it's like I have to re I've been so like wired over the last decade to be like premium cable and streaming shows are way better you know but networks has network has good stuff too they say but this is a streaming thing I'm very excited about it is um Amazon is um doing a movie that is written by Linda Cardellini and Kelly Hutchison, who 
was um part of the dead to me crew and um it's called murder party and the the summary is very funny it says seven women who are involved in a pyramid scheme meet for a dinner mm-hmm. party on a private island which is like a very real thing <laughs> um and one of the guests gets murdered and so then they have to figure out who is the murderer oh my and, gosh this um, sounds amazing i know it sounds really really good and it's going to be an all-female ens- ensemble cast and linda cardellini is going to be co-writing it and uh starring in it so i am really excited to see who they cast because it seems like a great opportunity to have very funny actresses in this and yeah like seven women that's that's already yeah great yeah so i'm very excited to learn more about this um it sounds hilarious wow love it hadn't heard anything about it speaking of fun groups of women they released a shrill trailer and it just looks so good and i'm getting sad already that it's almost over and I can't remember if we've said the premiere date or if this was like the announcement, but it premieres on May 7th. Um, yeah, I don't remember. If, I don't remember either. So I'm glad we're repeating it if it is, even if we did say it already. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we're already to March as of right now, but True. May still sounds like far away because that sounds warm. <laughs> I know. But that's okay. Things, I just, well, I don't want to jinx anything, but <laughs> it just really feels like the weather's going to get warmer and life's going to get better. That's all we're going to say. <laughs> it's just a thought. <laughs> Not a prediction. <laughs> um, my last piece of news, um, kind of just a little small thing, but I was excited. Um, so Disney Plus's Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show um they just cast um indira varma who is from game of thrones she is the woman uh with pedro pascal when he spoiler alert gets killed (laughs) and she's the one who like screams in that iconic way i feel like i've seen her scream like that forever because she's in every previously (laughs) on game of thrones uh thing but she's gonna be in um the obi-wan kenobi show and i'm like first of all she just seems i i haven't seen many other things with her but i feel like she's i loved her character in game of thrones and Mm -hmm. um she just seems like a really good fit for a star wars thing and it's kind of like she and pedro pascal are like back in the star wars family now too which is kind of fun true i saw that news on twitter today and i didn't have time to dive into who she was so thank you for providing me that game of thrones context i was like she looks familiar but i can't figure out what it is and that's what it is it's it's like if you had seen a gif of her screaming you would probably know exactly who she was Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) it's very iconic scream (laughs) fun okay well um like i mentioned we watched nomadland on hulu which did win last night um, for the director one, right? And did it win Best Picture? Yeah, Best Drama. And so really bodes well for the Oscars. Yeah, that's true. And um, Chloe Zhao is the first woman of color to win Best Director at the Golden Globes. Um, okay. I saw that, I think it was... Camila Mendez posted about this but um she said that she's uh the first woman that had won best director was Barbara Streisand and that was yeah. in 1983 like that is so wild that we've only had two women directors and it has been since 1983 I know anyway it's terrible it's one of those things where it is bittersweet where it's like yay for her and for the for society Mm -hmm. so to go with nomadland uh we thought it would be a fun time to discuss who we would like in our um van posse and wow i had a lot of fun thinking about these and i can't wait to hear about yours because i feel like we've done like a road trip before but like 
living in a van kind of posse is a different thing. Totally. Well, and it's like, basically, I was thinking of people where it's like, they're very independent, but like, they're not like antisocial, you know, because I feel like in Nomadland, it's like, there's this strong sense of connection, but like, you're still in your own van. Yeah. And like, so your paths may cross and you're really happy about that, but then like, eventually you'll probably go off and do your own thing and then kind of get to talk about your adventures the next time you see them you know it's very interesting Mm -hmm. yeah so who's someone that would is in your van posse well I was trying to think of people that were like like who are some characters that are extremely capable people Mm -hmm. um and like just kind of scrolling through some of my favorite shows and uh the, one of the most capable people I thought of and now this is it's this is a very random list but <laughs> I was thinking Jerry from Succession um because wow the she tales she, the tales that she could tell about her life when you bump back into her when you're at your like van posse meetup around the campfire um she's like exactly that girl that said that she like worked in corporate america for so many years exactly like can't you see her just having enough of the roys and hitting Mm -hmm. the road and like wow i actually now really want to watch that show (laughs) (laughs) wow i love that answer okay mine similar vibe i was thinking of someone who's really capable but also i could like be friends with Mm-hmm. Um, and I said June from Handmaid's Tale. She can like figure stuff out and like get stuff done, but is also still like uh, a good friend and like uh, would be nice to have around. Totally. Yeah, like I feel like it's this is it's like a unique um pre like prerequisite personality traits for this list because it can't just I was thinking I was like is there someone from Game of Thrones that I want to be friends with that would be like this and I was like because like Arya goes off on her own but she kind of like doesn't want people around Mm -hmm. and she's just kind of like it's like survival mode but like these are people that like are friendly you Mm -hmm. know so that's a great answer because she yeah she's super resourceful but she's also like wants to be like with she like loves family and stuff. Mhm. Wow, that's a great one. My next person um this is another random one, but I was like, wow, she is very independent but also also loving and like people oriented too. Um I thought uh Regina King's character from Watchmen Angela? You know, I thought of her too. Wow. I didn't well, there I didn't go. put her down because I was in a rush and didn't want to I didn't have time to look at her character's name. <laughs> yeah, but I know I, I couldn't remember her name, but I found it. <laughs> yeah, great answer. I think obviously I think she's perfect. Another person yeah, she... that's extremely capable and fun to be around but could kill something if you needed it needed her to. Yes, totally. She could protect you. And yeah, like kept trying to think of people that would have really interesting life stories to tell. And she for sure does. Yeah. Love that answer. Glad you looked, you gave her the time and looked it up. <laughs> My next answer, I was thinking of like, who is like um, Dave, the character in Nomadland? Like who mm-hmm. would be my Dave? <laughs> mm-hmm. Which that's who my next one is too. So I'm glad we were on the same wavelength. <laughs> wow, I like love it. your nomad kind of boy toy, <laughs> but not really. Like it's very pure, but like yeah, it's just like someone that you can like trust and like rely on for the kinds of things that men have to do. Which I hate that. I hate that thought process. But as a single woman who was moving this last week and also had a series of unfortunate events just in my life I was realizing like there really are things that I cannot do on my own and like had to call a friend who is a male to like help me move a couch into my house 
So like, I just have to fully accept that there are things that I cannot do. And so that I need a, I need a Dave. And, um, my, I chose the Mandalorian. <laughs> is that allowed? Wow. It feels weird, uh, but. Yeah. No, he, anyone who's a TV character is fair game. And that is honestly brilliant. Thank wow. you. I feel like he already is used to like the nomad lifestyle. And. Totally. Also could literally fix anything and do anything. And, um, yeah, reliable. And oh my gosh, that pretty is so dry good. sense of humor, but like still a good time to be around. One hundred percent, and like yeah, I mean, there's like no one more independent than him, basically. But like he still like he has his friends, and like it honestly, it kind of like he is nomad land. Like he is off doing his own thing, but then he does occasionally cross paths again with his allies um and he the i mean a lot of is nomad land i like it i mean i feel like the word mandalorian is kind of like an anagram for nomad land yeah it's true <laughs> there's just no r in nomad land but um and no i but he also a lot of in season two he has to like repair his ship Mm-hmm. exactly so it's like very close wow that's so good that's like the best answer ever thank you very much (sighs) i love it um my my um nomad kind of this one's more of a nomad boyfriend i don't think he is as um respectful and chivalrous as the mandalorian (laughs) (laughs) but i picked tim riggins he'd Um, be great yeah, I feel like because he also, like, he loves being around people, but he also, like, loves the land, you know? Mm-hmm. He, like, he really, I can totally, I'm kind of surprised that the show that doesn't, that Friday Night Lights doesn't end with him, like, literally, like, driving who knows where, kind of. I mean, he's kind of, a, he's a Texas boy, but, like, he just, he, I can totally see him, like, eventually wanting to, like, experience America and just drive somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um and also, like, he can clearly fix cars. True. So that's really helpful. Um, so, yeah, I would love to be in a posse on the road with Tim Riggins. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, my last answer is a little bit of a stretch, but I just really want him around. But um, it's Elliot from Search Party. <laughs> I feel like he has those roots of like living on a swamp and like he could he could get reach those roots again if he needed to. And um do I think he could fix my tire? No, but that's why the Mandalorian is around. Mm-hmm. Um but someone's got to provide some entertainment for us sad folk and like he could do it. And totally. I think I think he, um, I don't know. He would be fun to have around and, but I would like him to be in his own van so we could have space apart and I think I can see it. I don't think it's that much of a stretch. No, I can see it too. I can see, um, like what I'm picturing is how much fun you would have, um, if like for the summer you guys worked at the state park together. (laughs) Yes. That would be like that would just that would be amazing. And I feel like especially as Elliot gets older, like he's got to calm down a little, you know? Mhm. Yeah. He's got to kind of yeah, get back to his roots. Oh my gosh, wow. That's amazing. Thank you. I had a bonus and it was Ron Swanson. <sighs> but that almost oh seems like too on the nose, you know, like <laughs> of course he would want to do that. He he is the um leader. He's the one that like yes. made the pack. I can't remember that character's name in Nomadland. Um, Bob Wells. Yes, he is the Bob Wells. Wow. He is. Um speaking of names, did you know that they all use the same names? Are these real people? They're real the I think the almost the only actors practically were Francis McDormand and David Strathairn. 
Okay. That's, that's crazy. What I, that's something I really want to discuss, actually. Okay. I, I should have looked that up because when I was watching it, I was like, this feels more like a documentary, but like these people are so good at acting that like, I, I can't like, I can't tell if they're like real actors, but I, I like loved that Francis McDormand was the only actor that I like knew of really interesting. Good to know. I should have looked mm-hmm. that up. Yeah, it's very interesting. Please expand on that point and tell tell us how you how you um liked this film. Um, I'll do like I mean it's pretty. Ex- from you probably can get a summary from us just kind of talking about it and hearing about <laughs> it. It's based on a book called Nomadland, and basically, Frances McDormand plays a woman who loses her job, and um, she basically packs up a van um like to live in it like there's a bed in there and everything and a bucket to poop in and just kind of hits the road and like it there's like a whole um I don't really know what to call it I don't know if it's like an official like group but there are is a group of other nomads who occasionally like meet up certain times of the year and like kind of connect and have almost like a little like conference kind of thing but basically just showing her life on the road um living in a van and driving around the country um i mean it's interesting because like francis mcdormand literally did that like ahead of filming and she she will work she does her character works at amazon like as a delivery person and i will actually more like an amazon factory worker but like she really did go work at an amazon factory um, just for fun for the movie like yeah like to oh like to study okay and i think that some of the scenes i need to verify this but i think some of the scenes at amazon well like linda may like those are real people Mm -hmm. every basically as far as i can tell like if you look at imdb every person is basically just a real nomad for sure the main people that are friends with francis mcdormand's character fern in the movie swanky um, and Linda May, they're real people. Those are their real names. And Bob Wells, who I'd never heard of before this, he's like a real kind of like nomad guru guy. Um, and so something that I thought and I, what I really liked about all this is that it totally did feel like a documentary. Like it's completely blurring the lines between reality and fiction because Frances McDormand is a totally made up character. She's not they made up a character for the movie. But, like, they named her Fern, which is, like, kind of similar to Francis. And then mm-hmm. um, David – I have been debating how to pronounce his last name. I, forgot, I was going to look it up. I can't remember if it's, like, Straight Heron or Strathairn. I'm not sure. He, But his name – his character's name in the movie is Dave. And so it's, like, very – feels just very, very natural. Like, you're really watching – a documentary like it's very interesting but something that is interesting to me and I can't tell how I feel about it is that um there are some scenes where these real people are sharing extremely vulnerable stories from their actual lives you know mm-hmm. and they're like beautiful stories of like kind of explaining why they're out on the road and stuff um but I read this but it's saying that a lot of like um they say that Swanky and Bob Wells didn't even know that she was an actress. And so I'm like, so they apparently were thinking they were filming like a documentary up uh, across from like another real person sharing their, her own personal tragedies and stuff. Oh, and um, this, this from IMDB says that afterward he said, Bob said to McDormand privately that it meant a lot for her to tell him that story and that everything was going to be okay. And then she had to tell him, I'm actually an actress. Like, this story that I told you is from this character. <laughs> like, and oh, I was yikes. like, that is very strange because, like, they didn't, I don't know. It's one thing if they had discussed this ahead of time, but, like, they didn't have any idea. And so I felt very weird about that. But those moments are some of the strongest in the movie. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then it was just making I was just kind of thinking about this. I was like, it honestly reminds me of some parts of Borat, too. Totally. Like, um, 
the daughter talking to the babysitter, you know? Mm-hmm. And I haven't, I don't know if this is like wrong. I really haven't done a lot of research to see if anyone is reacting, like thinking that's kind of like an icky thing to do. It's like that's overstepping. But I mean, yeah, I'm they surprised clearly... I haven't seen that anywhere. But yeah, I also I've... haven't been online a lot recently. Um, that's fascinating. Yeah. I So I, I do want to know more about that. And I mean, if they didn't, allow them if they didn't want them afterwards to like use this stuff in the movie then they wouldn't have been allowed to you know Mm -hmm. so i don't know i i feel i have kind of mixed feelings about that yeah me too that i really wow i really should have read more about this film um and i'm trying to decide if i would have rather known all of that beforehand or if I liked watching it fresh and not knowing. I don't know. I can't really decide. Um, but that does make sense if they if that's true, why their um reactions were so uh believable because they thought that they were just doing a documentary. I feel like you would act a little different if you knew the other person was acting and you were supposed to be yourself. That would be weird. So I get why they would want to do it that way, but it does feel a little bit sketchy to not tell them. I don't know. I I see both sides, I guess. I know. I mean, because that's, I think, why this movie is having such an emotional impact on people Mm -hmm. is because there's this legitimacy. Um, Wow. Fascinating. Yeah, that was like kind of one of the main things... I wanted to talk about because I've just I feel I feel weird about it a little bit but I did like enjoy this uh, movie and I feel like it really did make me like within the movie it made me think about a lot of stuff about like like what is the actual purpose of life like when you die you don't take your promotions and your money with you you know mm-hmm. um how yeah, did you that feel was, about it um I really I enjoyed it um I wouldn't say uh, I wouldn't say it was like my favorite movie of the year by any means uh I feel like the um but I did really enjoy I it was so pretty and like again all of the performances were great and mm-hmm. um it was just extremely thought provoking about like what's important and like like it made me feel bad one time i had a friend who told me they wanted to live in a van and like i totally was like huh what come on and now i'm like oh i see it and like i just think that it made me realize that like everybody has um similar life experiences they just experience them in different ways and it's like our choice of like how we want to experience them and um also like all of like the material things and how unnecessary they are because we're still going to experience those hard things you know Mm -hmm. um I don't know it was interesting and I already mentioned this and I've Jordan's heard me talk about this slash helped me, but like I moved, re- I moved over the weekend. <laughs> and so I, it was just interesting watching this after I had just moved so much stuff. Like I just, there, there's so much stuff that it's just like, I don't need any of this, but I also, there's always that thing in your brain that's like, well, what if you're, what if you're, what if you need it for this? And what about this? And it's just like insane how we accumulate stuff and I just cannot wait to um, go back to accumulating experiences instead of stuff. Because I think I've been um, soothing myself with stuff the last year. And um, I want to go back to soothing myself with experiences. So that was my takeaway. <laughs> totally. Couldn't agree more. I mean, honestly, like... It feels morbid, but it's, like, it really made me think that it's, like, super rich, powerful people 
they eventually die and so does the so do these people that live in a van exactly it's like we're all just human beings and i think it's very sad if you live your life never like seeing these parts of the world like regardless Mm -hmm. of if you like go to another country or like whatever your form of travel i guess and experiences like yeah the shots of these like traveling around north america were amazing and the one other thing i mean this is a little different but that just reminds me like how much i wish i had seen this in the theater Mm -hmm. um there's i know it would have been so beautiful and um i also feel like there were some there's a lot of quiet moments when Frances mcdormand is by herself because um like she's not talking to anyone she's alone and i would have been paying closer attention in those parts like i wouldn't have been distracted by other things if i were in a theater you know yeah yeah it's true but um but yeah overall i i i i did really enjoy it and um yeah i don't know if i would say it's my number one of the year either but the fact like i can't disregard how much it made me think exactly um i agree and how thought-provoking it was and so yeah i think it's worth the hype um and i really think anyone could enjoy it too it was very good yeah okay great on to seemed such a rough transition um rough transition but i think a movie also worth watching um is the billy eilish documentary on apple tv plus um the world's a little blurry um i i would consider myself a billy eilish uh casual i have casual intrigue um like but i've never like i don't even follow her on instagram i've i stalk her every once in a while um she just seemed a little too young for me to be a super fan she definitely appeals to like the gen gen z right would you agree Mm -hmm. i mean and i think both of us uh, me and Jordan are both suckers for um, a music documentary. Um, so, but I'll let Jordan speak for herself, but I thought it was really interesting and um, fascinating, especially after watching the um, Framing Britney documentary. It just like kind of changed the way I saw this one and... um recognize that the things that like Billy and young musicians are going through it's just like such an intense world and like it just happened so fast and um I kind of like the way that this one was set up in like a different format and it wasn't really like the Justin Bieber's like coming coming of age like how they became famous type of uh movie it kind of like the transitions were like a little rough and it would be like a song, like her performing a song and then like a snippet of her like writing a song with her brother. And like there wasn't, it wasn't like super chronological. And, um, but I thought it was like, I thought I kind of liked that at the, in the end and thought it was, um, a good watch. And I even cried. Yeah. So. I cried too. Um, did you? Okay, good. Yeah. I, I also thought it was um really good and really interesting. Um I really I like wish I could have a documentary this style of like all the artists that I love. Oh my um, gosh, seriously same. I yeah, I love seeing well, and I don't know if every artist is this way, but I love seeing how um close knit her family is cuz I I mean obviously I knew she was very close with her brother Phineas cuz mm-hmm. he produces all of her music and stuff. But, like, her parents are a huge part of her life, which is really good that, um, like, she's so young. Like, I just, I know she's young, but it's, like, one thing seeing how she is a teenager. Like, like seeing her get her driver's permit. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and, like, her, like, throwing a tantrum. Like, when 
in the middle of recording music with Phineas, you know, like stuff like that, where it's like, and seeing like that her family all knows each other so well, they know exactly how to deal with each other. And like, um, it was like networking with like high up, um, executives. Like I hate networking and I'm like almost a 30 year old woman. Yeah. Or her just being like, I hate it. And he's like, no, it's good. And she's like, it's terrible. I hate mm-hmm. it. I can't, I hate everything. And he'll be like, no, like, stop. It's going to blow people's minds. And she's like, Ugh! like, it's just so like, those, those are, those parts were just really interesting and funny to me. Um, yeah. And I loved seeing like, um, like the songwriting process and the recording like seeing them record stuff was really fun like just in their house um and then seeing like Coachella and like all this stuff it was just very good and I feel like um it was fun too because now like everyone documents everything so you see the part when she like sprains her ankle really badly but then like doesn't when doesn't want to go back on stage and then she does go back on stage like you see those kinds of moments that are captured Mm -hmm. and that was like very good Well, and, like, it talks a lot about a relationship that she was in that I don't really think people knew about. Yeah, I think Uh, it was a total secret. Yeah, which is very fascinating. And um, also seeing that relationship play out, like, on the screen like that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought it was great. And I hope that like the kids who are big Billy fans watch that and were are able to like pinpoint the like red flags that Billy f- figures out when they're like breaking up. That sounds mm-hmm. like a spoiler, but it's not a spoiler when it's like a real person's life. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like they're no longer together. Like it's all <laughs> contained to this documentary. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That part. Well, it's funny. Cause like, um, surprise guests Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom who talked to her at Coachella <laughs> which I don't want to spoil too much of that whole interaction because it's hilarious it's so good that's a little gem but um it really those things remind me of the Katy Perry documentary part of me which I still love I actually am dying to watch it especially after watching the Billie Eilish one seeing the demise of her marriage where it's like it doesn't it's not out to tell you that whole story. Like that's not the point of the documentary, but it is captured in the documentary and it's like extremely emotional and impactful. And I really feel like there were a lot of, like there's a lot of parallels to Billy's relationship in this one. Like I just, it was very interesting and very good. Yeah. But, But it was also, it's also interesting seeing it. Like she's like 16 and 17 years old going through that. Whereas like Katy Perry was like a married woman in mm-hmm. her late twenties, I want to say. So it's like, that is also different. It's just, I thought it was, I thought it was good. It really held my attention the whole time. Oh, we also have to shout out that it starts out at one of our main concert venues here in Salt Lake, the complex, which was like so shocking and bittersweet. Cause we miss it there a lot. <laughs> we used to spend basically every weekend there. And so it was just really touching that it got such a little um, shout out for such a long time. And the, I know the Saltaire was also shown later on. Um, That's right. Yeah. yeah. And wow. it just it, it I think it also I I mean, I don't want to speak for Jordan, but as two people who basically spend all their money on concert tickets um it's been a rough year and um (laughs) it kind of just like filled that little hole of like concerts um and wow I miss it and can't wait to go to a concert again couldn't agree more okay well two movies we both recommend I guess um yeah I do recommend them who was your crush of the week Jordan well, um, the listeners don't know, but we have here, we here at Girl Meets Show have been on a Lord of the Rings <laughs> kick. And so to see 
Legolas in one place <laughs> and then Orlando Bloom. And another thing that we watched this week, I have to say, Orlando Bloom is my crush this week. Um, yeah. He was so cute with Billy. Like, it, it was, was too much. It was adorable. There were, there were like, two um, really important hugs in this movie um, <laughs> that I was just, like, watching famous people, like, be so tender. And I was like, what? Yeah, Ow, it was my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Orlando Bloom. I, I mean, when am I going to get to pick Orlando Bloom as my crush? We never watched his Amazon show about the fairies. <laughs> <laughs> So and I probably like won't. He was recently <laughs> cast in something else that I was like, oh, I would watch that, but I can't remember what it was. Well, yeah, um, I gotta take the opportunity when I have it. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, mine was the other hug, Justin Bieber. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that Justin Bieber and Billie Eilish meeting at Coachella is one of my favorite things that's ever happened anyway. So I was just extremely excited that it was captured in the um, documentary because I loved seeing all of the like pre stuff and like all of the stuff that happened after they met. Yes. Like I had no idea that they had already been talking about um, doing ba- bad guy together. Um but, like, I was so obsessed with that video of them hugging at Coachella when it happened. And anyway, Justin is extremely cute and nice to Billy and multiple times in the show. And there's one special FaceTime where he just looks so hot and cute. And I just couldn't help it. I st- I'm still a believer. I was very into, like, her mom was so emotional about it, too, because, like, She's seeing Billy's obsession, fixation on Justin Bieber when she was little. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for her to like, and then see this occur, like their whole family. Well, I was dying when her mom was like, oh, we all saw his movie a couple times. Like they were, <laughs> they've always just been like very supportive of Billy. And I yep. just really loved that. And so her mom was like very emotional about it too. And like, it was just honestly beautiful. It was I great. I absolutely loved it. it was a so family sweet. affair. It truly was. Um. Okay, well, uh, there you have it. Two very unrelated movies that both are great. Um. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.